Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Mackenzie and she takes us through her two birth stories. Both of Mackenzie's births were really quick, the first one under five hours and the second under three. So if you haven't heard the word precipitous labor before, that's what that's called. And she talks us through that, how she doesn't actually feel uh, super lucky to have had a birth that was that fast, which I think some of us would think, oh my gosh, (laughs) Um, I wish that was me. But she definitely takes us through some good advice on the way that you talk to people when they explain their labor experience. And she has some other good tips as well. So Let's jump into the episode. Hi, Mackenzie. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yeah, so um, I um, actually am from the States, if you um, uh, notice an accent, Um, but I've been here (laughs) for about seven years now. Um, And my husband is a Kiwi, um, so I met him while I was over here for um, university. Um, and we've got two kids. So we've got a two, almost two and a half year old Warner. Um, and, uh, he just turned one two weeks ago. Um, his name is Gray. Lovely. Awesome. And what was the journey to pregnancy like for you guys the first time around? Um, so we, um, we were like actively trying. Um, we got married in December. Um, and I went off of birth control right before, um, our wedding. I had been on the pill for 10 years, um, so we weren't really sure how it was going to go, um, but just kind of went with yeah. it. And I, my period was quite regular um, going off of it, um, as well as when I was on the pill. So um, that was good. I could kind of start tracking things a little bit. For Warner, it took, um, we had two months of negative pregnancy tests and then got pregnant on the third try. So um, we were pretty lucky with that. Awesome. And did you find out because you sort of knew you were actively trying and taking tests yeah. or did you have other symptoms? Yeah. So I, um, I was, uh, using, um, just like a fertility app Ovia. Um, so I was tracking like my fertility window and things like that. I don't think I was as in tune with my body and how it all worked to get pregnant, um, as I am say now or for the second pregnancy. But, um, yeah, so I would, I just took a pregnancy test to find out. I didn't think I had any like symptoms really. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what was your first trimester of pregnancy? Like, how did you find that? Yeah. So I pretty much right after I found out I was pregnant, the nausea kind of kicked in, um, which I think is funny. Cause it's like, if I didn't know I was pregnant, would it have, would have, <laughs> would I have felt it? Um, but I yeah. was, I just kind of had that morning sickness where I was just 
continually continuously nauseous all day every day never threw up or anything um I just felt gross um you know cooking smelled horrible I couldn't you know couldn't cook anything and eat anything I just tried to like the second you wake up have some crackers or pretzels or something but um yeah I just felt gross um which was lucky I think it ended about eight or 12 weeks um and then I kind of went back to normal but yeah it was just that couple weeks of just just feeling yuck yeah and how were you feeling for the rest of your pregnancy did you notice many other sort of symptoms or aches and pains throughout your second and third trimester yeah I mean I mean kind of just soreness um as you'd expect carrying around a baby but um nothing (laughs) nothing too crazy really um I was a preschool teacher at the time, so just getting up and down off the floor, you know, you start to grunt and make yeah. noises as you get up and down. But, um, yeah, it was pretty good. I think because um, we had just had our wedding, I was, I was like, working out and stuff like that before um, before I got pregnant. So I was pretty good, like, muscle-wise. Um, so I think that might have helped. Um, but, yeah, just kind of the normal aches and pains that you'd expect. Yeah. And did you do the sort of standard testing? Like, did you find out the sex and all of that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. So we did all the things that the midwife recommends. Um, and, we, you know, we found out the sex at um, 20 weeks and, yeah, all those standard things. Yeah, awesome. And did you have an ideal sort of birth plan or an idea of how you might want your birth to go? Yeah, so I was kind of... I was kind of more on the side where I don't didn't really want to write anything specific for it because I know that it goes, you know, it can go the complete other way. So I didn't want to have, um, yeah, those, um, yeah, standards in my head, I guess. Um, I did the only thing that I kind of thought was like, I'd like to avoid an epidural. Um, but at the same time, I was very open to the fact that if I got to the moment and wanted one, I was going to get one and I didn't want to feel bad for it if it, if I did. Yeah. Um, so just making sure I was in that mindset yeah. because I've heard, I've heard lots of stories where people feel super guilty for getting epidurals and stuff. And I, I don't think that that's right. And something that you need to be feeling in that moment. So, um, that was kind of yeah. one thing that I made clear to everyone. Um, but I, I remember saying to my husband, I think the ideal scenario would be I go into labor and I want an epidural and then it's too late to actually get one. Um, <laughs> which is what happened. So, which I wasn't very happy with at the time, but, um, yeah. So in, in ways of birth plans, like, um, just kind of all natural and, you know, if, if it took me one way, then it took me one way. Yeah. Awesome. And did you do antenatal classes or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So we signed up for an antenatal class just, um, in the area. Um, and yeah, went through all the, yeah. Um, motions. It was, yeah, it, as everyone kind of says, you kind of get more of it from the people that you meet there um, than anything, um, which is true because I'm still, we're, we still all connected. We just had my um, son's yeah. first birthday and all of the antenatal yeah. people came and that's two years on um, from Warner's birth. So um, that's pretty cool. Cool. And did your labor end up starting spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that? Yeah. So um, I was 40 weeks. Um, uh, so she, um, she was measuring big, which I guess two years ago, they kind of have a different approach to the whole measurement thing, even now, two years later. Um, but I just kept getting scans, um, to see how she was measuring. Um, and I ended up going to see the obstetrician, I think like 
a couple days before I was, before I reached my due date, um, to see kind of what she reckoned. And she said, if you get to your due date and she still hasn't come, you can be induced. Um, my mom had traveled from the States and was there for two weeks and she was leaving, I think it was six days after my due date. So there was kind of that, um, I guess rush, I guess you'd say a little bit, or just Mm -hmm. like anxiety around it, that it'd it'd be nice if she came before my mom left after she's been here for so long. So yeah, I got, I ended up getting a stretch and sweep. Um, my midwife did it, um, a couple days before my due date. Um, and that didn't really set anything off. But then when I went to see the, um, doctor, she did another one and she was quite intense with it. Um, so that, that might've helped. Um, I was also went to the, um, acupuncture and I did acupuncture to like, see if I could kick off labor. Um, and they also do an acupuncture that like, I guess helps soften your cervix and get your body relaxed and stuff. Um, which I think all helped in terms of labor. So I, I was booked to be induced 40 weeks and three days. Um, and we went in to be induced, um, and they hooked me up to the monitor and I was already in labor. And just wasn't really feeling it. So I, at 4 a.m. that morning, I was like, I think I feel something. Um, but I'm not really sure. Like it was only when I woke up to go to the bathroom at 4 a.m. that I was starting to feel something. And because I'd never had a baby before, I wasn't really sure what the feeling was. Um, I kind of felt this wave basically from the middle of my back, um, like over my hips and it would like move over to the front of my hips and then it would just like rush away. Um, and I just kind of felt that off and on as I took a shower, um, to get ready for the hospital and things like that, but nothing like super painful. It was just like, I noticed it. So we went to the hospital at 7am, um, to be induced. We probably waited for an hour, if not more to actually get into the room to start the whole induction process. Um, and they hooked me up to the monitor just to see what was happening. And she went to go get the gel they put on your cervix for the induction. And by the, when she came back, she was like, Oh, you're having regular contractions every 10 minutes. (laughs) Um, so that kind of changed the course of all that, but yeah, that's kind of how I, how it started. After we kind of figured out that I was in labor, um, I guess the plan was to do the gel and then maybe break my waters, but because they didn't need to put the gel on because I was already, um, in labor, she checked and I was at, I think it was three or four centimeters. Um, and then my midwife, I ended up talking to my midwife on the phone and saying, Oh, you can go home, um, and just see what happens from here, or you can get, they can break your waters. And I think at the time and with the knowledge I had, I was just like, Oh, I'm here already. We're ready to go. Why don't they just break my waters now and just see what happens? Um, So they brought us into a labor and delivery room um, and broke my waters. That took a while. My midwife wasn't able able to get it, um, the couple tries that she did. Um, So a nurse came in and she waited for a contraction to where the sack is like bubbled and did it. And yeah, out it it all came. Um, And then I think, yeah, I think I was still around four centimeters then when they did that. And then they just suggested that I um, get up and walk the halls for like a half an hour to just see what happens if I could get things started. Um, and I got about 10 minutes into that walk and I was in full blown major contractions, had to stop mm-hmm. in the hallway and hold onto the railing, um, to, yeah, to breathe through them. Um, 
And so we made it, we ended up going back to the room because I just couldn't deal. And basically that is when I decided I wanted an epidural. Um, so we got into the room and I asked my midwife, what do I need to do to get an epidural? Um, and she said, you need to, you need to get back on the hospital bed and, um, get on the monitors for half an hour and we need to put an IV in your hand. Um, so she said, why don't you get in the shower and see if that helps first? Um, and she brought me, I think she brought me ibuprofen and an anti-nausea pill, um, while I was in the shower, which was like, this isn't going to do anything. And the shower, you know, <laughs> hospital showers, like dribbling out on my back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I was too prepared to like, um, work through the contractions at that point. I think my mind was set on other things. Like I was thinking I was going to be there forever because this wasn't going to take so long. So I don't think I had gotten myself in the mindset to physically be in labor and work through these contractions and it was happening now. Um, so I think I was in quite a bit of pain cause I wasn't like really, yeah, channeling it, I guess. Yeah. So I got, um, on, I got on the hospital bed and they hooked the monitor up to my tummy, got the IV in. Um, and she checked me when I got on the bed cause she wanted to make sure I could still get an epidural. And I was at seven centimeters. Um, so I think within an hour of getting my waters broke, I went from four to seven. And so I had to sit on the bed for a while and go through contractions there. She gave me gas, um, to work through that. And by the time the lady came to do the epidural, I was at nine, basically 10 centimeters, nearly mm -hmm. ready to push. So she had to turn around and leave. So basically my body just started pushing on its own. Like I had no control over it and I was sitting like, on my back on the bed and I, my body just started pushing. Um, and I ended up, um, it just felt weird pushing that way. Um, cause I just felt like there was openness in front of me. Um, and I couldn't like really get into it. So I ended up turning around, um, and going on my knees with my like, um, arms on the back of the bed, um, yeah. sitting up and I ended up pushing like that the whole entire time. Um, I had the gas, which I don't know if it really did much. Um, my second midwife for my son said the gas, she, she reckons the gas is, um, mainly to help you like regulate your breathing, which I, I can imagine it does help. Um, I did feel yeah. like in between contractions, it kind of made me a bit woozy to where I'd like actually rest between contractions. Um, but yeah, so I ended up pushing for an hour and 40 minutes. Um, they ended up giving me an IV or it was lucky that they had the IV in my hand, um, for the epidural. Cause they ended up needing to do it. Cause I was getting dehydrated. I was like taking sips of water throughout the pushing process, but, um, I just think it was all too much. So they get, gave me an IV. Um, and after, um, about an hour and 40 minutes, I think they were trying, they couldn't really get the baby's heart rate. Um, I was at the point where her head was like right there, but it was just going in and out, like as I'd stopped pushing. Um, and I just wasn't progressing for like ages. They, um, tried to put the monitor on the baby's head. They like to stick that thing on their head. Um, and they couldn't get that either to get her heart rate. So after yeah. pushing for that long, um, she called the doctor in to just say, this is what's happening. I think my heart rate might have been going up as well. Um, and the, basically the doctor ended up deciding to do an episiotomy. 
So they flip me over, which onto my back again, which was like killer. Um, you basically feel like mm-hmm. you're going to crack in two with your hips, like in the babies in there. And it was just, um, yeah, one of those things, but you do it. And, um, when she was about to do, um, the episiotomy, the, she, had, the doctor asked the midwife, um, to just call someone for an extra pair of hands. And my midwife, I don't know how she took it, but she accidentally hit the emergency button. Um, in the room so mm-hmm. about six six nurses like came running in and like the head honcho doctor I call him um, mm-hmm. came in as well and he's like what's going on here you know like you can tell he's just like the boss um, and he's like okay on your next contraction this baby's coming out and I'm like what like how's that gonna happen mm-hmm. um, just kind of thinking how it was all working I'm like there's no way um, so he basically um got his um, local anesthetic injection and just basically injected all around um, the area so that he could do the episiotomy. And he wasn't exactly like the most delicate with it. And I, after Mm -hmm. he did it, he, after he did it, he said, oh, she hasn't had an epidural. So he didn't even realize that I was Mm -hmm. like fully feeling everything. Um, I don't think it really hurt that bad, I think, because I was just in my own head and there was all the sorts going on. So but I could still feel it. But anyway, so he did quite a substantial episiotomy um, and they just they had the they also had the forceps like to the side saying, if this doesn't happen now, we're we're getting the forceps out. And um, my mom was there and she was like, you do not want those. You push like get this baby out before they do those. Um, and everyone was telling me like the nurses and stuff were saying, you need to push as hard as you can. And I'm thinking I've just pushed for nearly two hours. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pushing mm-hmm. as hard as I can. Like, what do you want? Um, and I basically had my legs like behind my head by that point with the nurses, like pushing, mm-hmm. pushing against me so I could push harder. Um, and he, the doctor, like I can remember this quite vividly, basically put his hands in like around her head and out she came. Um, her head came first and then we had to wait for another contraction for her body. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of like quite a dramatic ending. Um, everyone was like, all the nurses were saying, it's okay. Like, I think they were worried about how I felt with all these people rushing into the room. I was quite fine. Like I was ready to get it over with. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was quite, quite intense at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And did she sort of get popped straight on your chest or what was the process yeah. from there? Yeah. So she came out, I think her umbilical cord was like around her shoulder. Um, so they had to like move that. I think it was like around her head and her arm maybe. Um, so they had to move that, but they put her straight on me and yeah, we just, um, yeah, she just stayed there for a bit while they, yeah. Um, I guess maybe assessed me a little bit more. Um, but yeah, she went straight on to me. Yeah. And did you need quite a few stitches for the episiotomy? Yeah, um, they wouldn't give me like a number, um, but she was there for a while. Um, and, uh, yeah, my mom reckoned it was about like 20 or 30 stitches, um, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And how long did you end up spending in the hospital? Yeah. So we, we ended up leaving, like, I guess, um, part of my birth plan was to go home as soon as possible. Um, I think we had my mom in town, um, so we were going to get, like, help at home. And I guess with what you hear, with Wellington Hospital, I think you end up in a shared room, too. So we just kind of wanted to get out of there. So we ended yeah. up um, we ended up leaving at 7 p.m. So we got there at 7 a.m. for the induction and left at 7 p.m. with the baby. 
um, when I, when, once I had the baby and like everything had kind of calmed down, um, after she had stitched me up and they delivered the placenta, um, my midwife was like, oh, do you need to pee? Um, because she was worried about the dehydration and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't feel anything. Like, I don't know what I need to do right now. And she was like, oh, Mm -hmm. we can put a catheter in for you. And I knew that if she put the catheter in, I was staying there. So I, I, like, I think that was probably the, the one time in that birth that I really like stood up for myself. And I was like, no, I'm going to get up and I'm going to try and pee. Like, don't know if I need to, but I'll, I'll get up and try. And I, I got up and went and took a shower and was able to pee. So, um, I didn't need the catheter in, which was good. So I could go home. Awesome. So do you want to take us through going home from the hospital and sort of how you adjusted in that initial week or so becoming a new mom and having a new baby at home? Yeah. So, um, we went home, um, that same day that we had her, um, and my mom was there, which was really nice. Um, that first night, um, I think it was quite difficult. My milk hadn't come in yet. So I think she was hungry and, um, you know, you just have this new being that doesn't know what to do and we don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, I think that first night definitely stood out to us. Um, but yeah. And I think, um, I, the birth was really fast. So I think all up, it was, um, ab- around five hours. Um, and I was not expecting that at all. Um, you know, you go through antenatal class and they talk about how long you'll be there. And then you talk about induction and they talk about how that could take days to actually work. Um, so we, we like, we went to go take the baby home and we were like, wait, we don't have the car seat in the room with us. And like, we never opened our hospital bag. And I think that whole thing really shook me. Um, for the first three days when we got home, um, we like, I'd take a shower and I would just like ball and it would just like happen. And I know the hormones and everything. Um, but it was just like the shock of it all. And like, I, I like that night I was like, what, what actually just happened? Um, because I just had no idea that that's the way it was going to go. Um, so I think I was quite traumatized for about three days. Um, where, yeah, I just like, when I had my moment in the shower, I would just like, let it all out. Um, yeah. And I did like after three days, I did kind of like come to grips with it and like settle down. My like emotions settled down a bit, but um, I, I won't forget that. It was just um, I was not prepared for a fast birth like that because I don't think that that's talked about much with your first um, that. Yeah, yeah, I just wasn't wasn't prepared for that. Um, but yes, she um, she wasn't a, a newborn sleeper. She slept on my chest for probably the first month or two, um, Mm. at night and during the day we went, um, yeah. So that was kind of a struggle and like coming to grips with like how, how I felt about all that and stuff like that was just a bit of a learning curve for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And how was your physical recovery from your episiotomy? Yeah. So that, um, I had the, like, a spray, which was like heaven, um, that I sprayed down there. Um, one of the things that no one ever like mentioned, I think because I pushed for so long, um, my muscles were just like shot. So like the first, the day that I came home and the next day, um, I'd be like, Oh, I need to pee really like really bad. So I'd stand up. And as I was walking to the bathroom, I would start peeing because Mm -hmm. my muscles just couldn't hold it. And like, I had no idea that was a thing. And my midwife was like, oh, yeah, they're just your muscles are just in a bit of shock. So it'll just take a bit for them to like 
come back. Um, but I just had a good laugh about that because it was, yeah, I had, I had no idea that that could potentially be a thing, but, um, um, so that cleared up. So yeah, my body, mm -hmm. I think I have quite sensitive skin, so I could really like, if I was bleeding, I could feel like just, you know, it was just sensitive and I just, um, yeah. it was kind of uncomfortable, but as all healing happens, it, you know, it just takes its course and you just gotta go through it, I think. Yeah. And how did you go with breastfeeding? Um, yeah, so that, um, she did have a tongue tie. Um, so I ended up at the hospital. She wasn't latching very well. Um, like my nipples weren't like, I guess, working with her. Um, and so I ended up using like a nipple shield, um, for her to be able to latch, yeah. um, which helped. And that was like in the hospital the hour after she was born. Um, I started on a nipple shield on both um, sides. Um, and that really helped. Um, and then I quite quickly ended up going to a lactation consultant, um, in Wellington, which, and she was amazing. Um, yeah. And helped me in so many more ways than just breastfeeding, but we got her tongue tie fixed. Um, and I still ended up using a nipple shield for probably six months. Um, she kind of needed it after the tongue tie was fixed, but then after that, I just wasn't ready to, to work on, getting them, um, to taking the shields off. And my, um, lactation consultant said, whatever you got to do, like, if it doesn't bother you using yeah. them, then use them. Um, which I think is important to like, have that mindset too, just to like give yourself grace. And if you don't want to work through it, like now, then don't. Um, so yeah, she used a nipple shield for a little while. Um, and yeah, so with that, um, everything was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you sort of consciously decide that you wanted to try for a second baby or do you want to take us through that? Yeah. So we always knew that like the first, cause we want a few kids. Um, and I knew that the first two I wanted to have close together. Um, but I also was said like when it comes time, like if it, it doesn't feel right, then we won't, um, then we won't try. I actually got my period when she was, um, four months old. Um, back and I breastfed her till she was 12 months. Um, so yeah, I got my yeah. period back then and I was super regular, like weirdly regular. Um, <laughs> after she, when I got my period back with her and breastfeeding, um, like it was to the day, um, and about, you know, we wanted them close together, like, um, two under two. So about when she was about seven months old, I was like, yeah, I'm, we're ready. Um, we're ready to do it. So it took one try and we got pregnant with him um I was tracking yeah. everything and um after having her um I ended up I was able to feel when I ovulate um which I never knew was a thing but when I started to get my period back about two weeks before my period would start I felt like cramps for a couple days thought this is weird yeah. like and and it happened two months in a row and I thought what is that and I ended up asking my GP and she's like oh you're ovulating um so that helped with um getting pregnant with him I think as well so yeah right. yeah 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 awesome and was this pregnancy experience much different to your first yeah so I think so she was seven months old when I got pregnant again and I think I mean I wasn't like peak physical fitness with her pregnancy but I was like fit enough to where I was going to the gym before I got pregnant with her whereas you know after you have a baby I was not going to the gym, like I was going on walks and stuff yeah. like that, but I just think my body was not where it was. Um, and I can remember thinking like, 
for the next one, I need to get like my muscles back in shape before I get pregnant, like with a third, because I, I could really mm-hmm. feel like everything was just so much more sore um, with him. And I just think it was because I wasn't, yeah, I was like, my body was still kind of shot from having her, um, that, that, that was a big thing. I was like way more sore with him. Yeah. Yeah. And did you plan on having a hospital birth again or what were your thoughts there? Yeah. So I ended up, um, actually deciding to try a home birth, um, with him because, um, I hadn't left our daughter Warner. I hadn't left her, um, at night or during the day or anything. So I was real worried about sleeps and just leaving her. And I knew that if I went to the hospital without her, I would just be thinking about how she was doing the whole time. Um, so talking with my midwife and stuff, I just planned a home birth and we did have like my sister come into town to help with the toddler. Um, but yes, I ended up planning a home birth. Yeah. Awesome. And did your labor end up starting spontaneously this time then? Yeah, so I, um, what was it, 40, so at 40 week on the day, 40 weeks on the day, um, I hadn't been checked or anything like that, um, but on his due date, um, we, I just was starting to feel really sore, like my back would really, really hurt, and, um, you know, I just put it down to, like, I was sitting for too long, so it was really sore, or I was walking for too long, so it was really sore. Um, but the night of his due date, um, I went to bed and I, an hour later I woke up from bed and as I got out of bed, um, my waters broke and that's basically what started it all. So yeah, it wasn't, um, a conventional, like, or I guess waters breaking is a conventional way to start labor, but, um, I wasn't expecting anything to happen. Um, and yeah, so my waters broke and he was born about 15 minutes later. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is the most insane fast birth ever. Yeah. 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 Um, so like I can tell, um, so so yeah, so on his due date we ended we went to breakfast in the morning. Um it was my husband, my sister and Warner, our daughter, you know, and I did a Instagram post like, It's due date day, last celebration with you know, as an only child and all that stuff, um, Mm -hmm. in the town that we went to breakfast, there was like a street market on. So we walked the street market, um, and all that. And we went home and put, um, Warner to bed for a nap. And then we got up and went to the mall after that at like four o'clock. So I was going about my day completely normal. Yeah. Um, just sore. I can remember saying to my sister, I'm starting to swear a lot more. So I think it's starting to hurt a lot more. (laughs) Um, he was like quite low based on the, um, my midwife, but he was, he was also measuring big. So he was quite long. So it was kind of hard to tell like where he was. Um, but yeah, so I, um, went to bed at nine 30 and I woke up at ten thirty. My husband was downstairs watching the rugby game. Um, and I, when I rolled out of bed, I felt a pop, um, but no waters came like rushing out or anything. But, um, yeah, I just um, felt a pop. So I went and I woke up because I needed to use the bathroom. Um, I needed to poo, which I know is like the typical like, oh, she's having a baby and she needs to poo. Of course, she's mm-hmm. going to have a baby. But I like had no contractions. I 100% felt my contractions with Warner, the first baby. And I knew exactly what they felt like. I knew what to look for and all that stuff. But I felt nothing. So I went to the bathroom um, to poo and 
things just felt weird. Like it just, my body, like something was going on. Um, so I pushed to poo and this is like a lot of information, but when you poo, like your bum kind of goes out, like when you push and then when you stop pushing your bum, like goes back in, well, my bum like wouldn't go back in, if that makes sense. So I was like, what's happening? Like something's weird Mm. is going on. So I ended up getting, we were in, like, we have an ensuite in our bathroom. So I ended up getting in the shower to try and like relax my body. Um, which wasn't working. And I was like, something is serious. I think I ended up like getting on my knees and like trying to just like have the water rush over my back to like relax, but it just wasn't like something was weird. So I ended up calling my husband on the phone to like come up and help me. And I, and I remember telling him on the phone, I was like, I need to poo, but I don't need to poo. Like something weird is going on. Like you need to come help. So he comes up. And he was like, babe, like, what's wrong? Like, are you okay? And um, I was like, I need to poo. He was like, well, then go poo. I was like, can you just call the midwife just so we can ask her, like, what's happening? So he's trying to get the midwife on the phone. And I went back to the toilet to poo like he told me to. Um, And when I pushed, it was like a push your baby out push. Like, afterwards, Mm -hmm. I thought that was not a poo. Like, that was definitely (laughs) a baby. So he hadn't got the midwife on the phone yet. And I was like, babe, you need to look like, look like what, what's going on. And he looked down there and the baby was crowning. Um, So he, and, and his, so he looks and he goes, what is that? was his exact words. And, um, I was like, okay. And I, I think, I don't know, being a teacher, I was like, I went into like emergency mode and I was like, okay, we need to call the paramedic. And he's like, fumbling around doesn't know how to work a phone so I took the phone from him and dialed 111 um he got on the phone with the paramedics and I said go get Hannah my sister um so he as he's on the phone with them he goes to get her and she was just down the hall asleep like it was 10 30 at this point um and he went to go and he just like opened her door and said we need you she's thinking you're, I'm in, I'm having contractions. I need help. And she comes down to our room and I had already gotten his head out. Um, so while they were both gone, I pushed his head out. Um, and then basically I was, he came back into the bathroom and I was like, put the phone down. You need to catch him. Like he's coming out, like get ready to catch him. And, um, he got down on like one knee and he had a towel in his hand that he was like fumbling around with trying to like flatten out to catch the baby. And I said, put the towel down and just get ready to catch. And next push out he came. So the paramedics were on the, f- on speakerphone. And as he was getting on his knee to catch the baby, she was like, sir, we need your phone number. And he was like, the baby's coming out. Like all she's like, I insist we need your phone number. And I think in her mind, she was like, if this call drops, we need to be able to get back to you. But in the moment, I think, yeah, she probably needed to think a bit more about like what was actually happening at the time. But, um, (laughs) so he's rattling off his phone number as he's trying to catch this baby. Um, and so, yeah, so the baby came out and I just remembered and this is no there's the midwife hasn't even been called yet um I tipped him like kind of almost upside down um my logical mind was to you know drain things um we had all these towels ready to go for the home birth so I sent my sister down it was quite funny too all this is happening and I was like Hannah go to the guest room get the blue bin with the blue towels and bring them all (laughs) 
Um, meanwhile, my husband and my sister are running around like headless chickens. Like I think they even yeah. ran into yeah. each other in the hallway, like trying to do whatever they were trying to do. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of funny that I was the calm one out of everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, so I just ended up, they put, um, towels down for me to sit down and I just ended up sitting down with the baby and waiting for the paramedics to get there. Um, and while we were waiting, we called the midwife and the baby was crying in the background and she was about to go in for a C-section at the hospital. So we had to get the backup midwife to come. So the paramedics got there. Um, when did they, they got there about 10 minutes after he was born, maybe not even, um, cause they were kind of on their way as, as it was all happening. So they got there really fast. Um, and I think they, again, like in their minds, there's like a procedure that needs to happen. So the placenta is what needs to come out next. So they ended up giving me the, um, injection to get the placenta to come out. And they, he, um, yeah. he also had me try and latch the baby to try and, um, get contractions going to get the placenta out. Um, later my midwife said, I probably didn't need that injection. Like they could have just chilled mm. and waited a little bit. Um, but it didn't come out like on its own. The midwife came and tr she tried to just see if it would come out just like but with a gentle pull, um, while I was sitting there, but that didn't happen either. So I ended up having to get up onto the bed so she could like do it all properly. Um, but yeah, so the midwife maybe got there. 10 minutes after the paramedics did the paramedics left. Um, the midwife came and helped get the placenta out. Um, all while, oh, I think I, I think she ended up, um, or Jamie ended up taking the baby off of me. So he was on me for quite a while, um, for a little bit while, um, yeah, that all happened. And then while she, so I had, um, quite a big tear. He was, the baby was, um, nine pounds, 12 ounces. Um, so he was quite a big boy to come that fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I don't obviously wasn't in like an optimal position or anything to birth him. So I got quite a, quite a good tear, but, um, I guess the way that they do it now, they just kind of tacked, tacked everything together. Um, so like as minimal stitches as possible. Um, and I, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't need to go into the hospital or anything. Um, so yeah, we just, and my, um, my actual midwife came, um, after his birth, so I think she ended up getting there about 1 a.m. Um, as she was on her way home and just weighed him and everything. Um, and they have to stay, at the midwives have to stay um, a certain amount of time after you've delivered the placenta just to make sure everything's okay. Um, and then they, yeah, they left and we just, yeah, hung out. I ended up having to, uh, um, the two-year-old, or the one-year-old, my daughter, who was, um, well, she's 16 months at the time, she woke up at about 11 p.m., so about um, 15 minutes after the paramedics got there, and she just kind of toddled around the whole time. Like, she'd come into the room with a muesli bar in her hand and say, brother, brother, and then she'd toddle back out and go play with her toys. And, um, yeah, she just kind of chilled. Um, um, and then I got her back to bed at 2 p.m. or 2 a.m., and, yeah, that was that. Yeah, insane. And how did you sort of feel after that for the next I guess week or so obviously so different to your first birth yeah. I imagine it took a lot to yeah, process so but was, maybe in a different way yeah so um I I was prepared to like feel the shock again because of the first birth um and this was obviously way more like intense and substantial I guess but um 
nothing ever really came. I was quite like at ease with it. And maybe it was the first birth that kind of eased me into it. Um, yeah. I do think it, it is interesting because um, I've kind of learned more about these fast labors and stuff since having him and like not feeling any contractions or anything. And it, it is quite interesting, like fast, fast birth is a thing. And I think everyone, like, I remember people in my antenatal class and stuff saying, oh my God, that's amazing. Like how lucky. Um, but I think a lot of women can be quite traumatized from that. And for someone to tell them how yeah. lucky they were without actually asking how they feel first, um, mm -hmm. can be quite substantial. Um, especially with Warner's birth, the five hour one. And I was like bawling my eyes out for three days. And for someone to tell me that I was lucky, like was really hard. Um, and then yeah. for him, just when people would tell me how amazing it was that I didn't feel anything, like I could have been majorly traumatized from that, but, um, yeah, sure. yeah it was, yeah, yeah. And I think I had, um, uh, like a birthing Instagram page post the, my, um, birthing photo. And it was really interesting. Cause I think there was like 200 comments and there was only one comment that said like, that could have been really scary. Um, which I think was quite interesting. Like, I don't know, it's yeah. just something to think about. I think when you talk to people who've had those fast labors that like, it's not, it's not necessarily easy or lucky or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, yeah. for, for his birth, I think I was quite, quite good. Yeah. After that. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that's a good message for yeah. everyone to consider. Um, it's definitely your own experience and, and maybe how we think you might feel may not be how you're feeling so that's an important right. message to share thank yeah. you yeah exactly hmm. yeah awesome and how did you find the adjustment from um one child to two yeah so I think the age gap was what made it really hard because she can't really understand like hmm. I need to just I need like 20 minutes to put him to sleep and actually physically put him down in order for me to play mm. with you. And, you know, she like that, like those sort of things, like she just couldn't understand. Um, it's definitely yeah. when I introduced screens is when, is when he came along. Um, that was my, that was my help. Um, yeah. So that was, that's probably been the hardest. Um, just, yeah, trying. And like now she's nearly two and a half. So she does get it a bit more, but, um, yeah. but yeah, that was, it's definitely like, like a battle and I but I do think I went through a lot of adjustment with her in regards to sleep and just letting myself do what felt right rather than what I thought was right um you know like um just like how I put her to sleep so I I like nursed her and rocked her to sleep um you know I wore her in a wrap for the first six months um which took me a while to like come to grips with like that's how I was going to do it because I thought you know, you should put them to bed and let them learn how to fall asleep sure. on their own. But, um, yeah. it just wasn't for me. Um, and I had my lactation consultant, actually, I was talking to her about it and she was like, just wear her, like wear her in a rack mm. if you can. And I thought, ah, oh, okay. So I think that that helped a lot with him, um, taking that stress away and just like, if he doesn't nap at 10 o'clock on the dot and he's okay, like mm. he's not freaking out, then that's okay. And I, um, yeah. I think that helped a lot with, with the adjustment. Um, yeah, I think I cried a lot more with her in the first couple of months mm -hmm. than I have with him because I just, you know, you yeah. just learn how to, yeah, what, what feels right to you. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mackenzie, for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories yeah. with us. I think, yeah, a lot of people will be really interested in your past births and, um, yeah. yeah, really appreciative of you for coming on. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a story that I do like to share and I do think it's quite fascinating mm-hmm. that I didn't, you know, have the contractions or anything like that with him. So, yeah, it's good to yeah, share. Yeah, for thank sure. You. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.